0: And I'm Amit, welcome to Moon Speak, your source for bi-weekly Sailor Moon discussion and analysis. Remember to keep supporting the official releases of the show so we can get more by watching it every first and third Saturday on Hulu Crunchyroll, Yukiniko, and uh, Neon Alley. Yes.
1: Uh,
0: so, uh, this episode is uh, episode 19, Future Imperfect, and uh, this week we're discussing... Um, <laughs> Well, we're going to go uh, topical as we explore uh, why everything's so messed up. So, that's what we're exploring. Yeah,
1: going uh, to deviate a little from how we usually do this.
0: Yeah, so hopefully uh, everybody enjoys it. I'm thinking it should be good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, our first topic, sort of, or subheading topic thing is uh, Forgotten Youth. Uh, so... Um, my question is to you, uh, from what we've seen uh, shown in Crystal, do you see that uh, Neo-Queen Serenity and King Endymion are fairly different people than you know who they used to be?
1: Um, not really. Well, maybe sort of. Different might be too broad of a word. Um, I think Serenity and Endymion have grown a lot from uh, the Usagi and Mamoru that we met at the beginning of Sailor Moon. But I think the core of who they are as people is still very much there. And I think we're meant to see a lot of that in Demand's comparisons of Usagi to Serenity. But I think really one of the most telling moments of the fact that they're still the same people uh, is this moment when uh, Endymion is out with Chibiusa in uh, a flashback that she has. And he tells her that Serenity had also once been a big crybaby, trying to cheer her up, uh, after she was bullied by some kids. Uh that yeah, Serenity had also once been this big crybaby, and that was Usagi. And like that's very much connecting Usagi to who Serenity is now. People kind of grow and change, but we who we were is still a part of who we are, and I think that's a big thing in this arc. You have to learn from your past and learn from what you want the future to be and use that to grow, and I think that's really what uh, Serenity and Endymion have done. Uh, They've more grown than changed.
0: Uh, Okay, that's an interesting and more realistic perspective on it. uh, I've been flummoxed by a few things that I've seen them doing or not doing, and I'll get more into those later, so it seemed to me... Uh, Like, the question was valid to ask, you know, are these, what happened to them? Why are they doing the things they are? And the unfortunate thing, too, is we only get to see glimpses of them in flashbacks because they're, you know, on the edge of life and death right now, (laughs) pretty much.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of jumping right from point A to point B without anything in between to kind of see everything that's contributed to their growth at this point.
0: Yeah, and I'm really hoping that for the uh the denouement of this arc that we get to see like a solid, I don't know, half of an episode at least. Um just seeing the two of them, you know, saying stuff or whatever. That'd be cool. Not just non stop uh expletives. <laughs> not not those either, nonstop uh, exposition, but just some interaction would be cool. Uh, okay, so uh focusing in on we saw how she's changed uh, under Neo-Queen Serenity. Um, so she's characterized by Prince Demond as somewhat aloof. And Demian said uh, a few episodes ago that she... Well, it feels like a few anyway. Um, that she rarely left the Crystal Palace. Uh, but we see she did centuries before to deal with uh, Phantom. Phantom is called uh, a uh, an insane ruler. <laughs> Sorry, she just kind of tickles me. Uh, and Demond is a prince. So I'm assuming they're both from the Earth. Except for the fact that Phantom looked very... Uh, non-human, and they could be dealing with other planets at this time, presumably.
1: Uh, I don't think Demand and Phantom have any connection by lineage. Uh, It's possible that smaller royal families have kind of established themselves under the family of the moon as sort of uh, sub-governments. Because again, this is a whole planet kind of under a united front now. Uh, But I'm not sure if this is something that was clearly established in the past, but all of the girls are from their representative planets, of all of them are princesses of their respective planets. So at this point in Crystal Tokyo, we are most likely dealing heavily with other inhabited planets in the solar system and beyond that. Um, So it's possible Phantom could have come from the outside, but due to things that we learn, I think next story arc, I think that's a little unlikely. So I think he's just a dude within Crystal Tokyo who somehow ended up going
0: too far and turned purple. Yeah,
1: you know <laughs> things happen.
0: Yeah, maybe that's you know what those um those body suits are becoming more and more popular. So maybe he was just wearing one of those, you know. Maybe. Uh, okay, so um, I can see Usagi being content staying home with her friends and family. Um, like, but is that such a bad thing? And I feel like Damond is spinning it that way um, almost that she's, you know, disconnected from people, but, I don't know, not everybody has to be out doing stuff all the time, uh, especially, like, a ruler, I don't know, people complain about Obama flying around, but, uh, is that really valid? I don't, I don't know, it just, if she's taking care of things, then what's the big deal, whether or not she's at the palace a lot or or not, anyway, um, yeah, and, like I was saying, in a time of relative peace, does this monarch goddess really need to be up in everyone's business?
1: Um, I'm not sure if Usagi staying within the palace is just her kind of wanting to be home among friends and nothing more than that. I mean, I could see her taking plenty of time to do that anyway, because this is still Usagi. And she'd be like, okay, you know what, I need like two days, I need a weekend from all this royal nonsense. We're all just going to hang out. But I think there's also a level of it that is her being like, she doesn't want to be God. She doesn't want to be kind of the only authority in this world. It's, uh, it's kind of this, her withdrawing, it might be this kind of out of sight, out of mind thing. Where I'm not really sure how well that worked, but if she's not there commanding everything, then people kind of rely a little more on themselves than her. Again, I'm not sure if that is her plan or how well it worked, but, I mean, it does seem like a very Usagi kind of plan to have.
0: Yeah, and it's a valid plan because, um, I don't know, people should live their own lives, and it's cool that she protects, she and the, you know, other senshi protect them uh, so that they can do that, uh, but it doesn't mean she has to be involved in everything. Uh, So I'm wondering if uh, Demand is just lying about her or not, because he... Kind of. I mean, he's basically like accusing her of doing things like defying the natural order and whatever. And it's just, I I, I think it's more of a, a difference of opinion and perspective. Um, but he's definitely framing her as someone who's bad in his eyes, I, I think maybe. She
1: definitely has a certain perspective about what's going on and what his beliefs are, and that what she's doing clashes with that. And I think. In most circumstances, she wouldn't really care, but he is maybe hurting people? People are getting hurt, and she's got no time for that biz.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, So let's see. Oh, yeah, kind of sad thing. Uh, So Neo-Queen Serenity uh, also seems to be a bit like an absentee mother, maybe. Um, We do see that she cares for Small Lady, uh, especially when... Uh, she sees the legendary sis- silver crystal is gone, uh, and there's, like, jewel shards all over the place. Um, and she gets no response when she's calling her. She really seems panicked, like a genuine parental panic of, oh my god, what did I do with this kid? Uh, and she leaves the palace to find her. And, uh, like, all that's good, but it doesn't seem like Chibi Usagi is really able to talk to her mom. Yeah,
1: there is a big gap between Serenity and Chibiusa, and I think both of them are at fault for it in kind of their own ways. Serenity is a major figure and she has a lot of responsibility and things to attend to. Uh, and I think that kind of draws her away from being a more heavily attentive mother, especially since it seemed like she became queen and gave birth around the same time. Um, and I mean, that's on her for not finding a way to balance things. I don't know how hard she has tried. Um, But, I mean, there's also Serenity's legacy, which Chibiusa has likely been taught since since birth. I mean, we see Endymion telling her about this legacy of Sailor Moon as if it's a bedtime story. That, like, he's made up, like this is some made-up heroic figure that he's using to kind of show her how to be confident. But this is a real person to Chibiusa. This is someone very real and very specific and important to her. And it makes Serenity sort of intimidating in how perfect she is that Chibiusa feels this is what she's supposed to live up to. This is what she has to be, but she can't because she can't figure out how to use that power, and that causes her to draw away. It's a really complicated family relationship.
0: Yeah, it is complicated, and while I'm, I don't know, I just feel bad for the kid, I think that's why, yeah, I mean, if do, I'm seeming negative, you know, I, it's I of that. I do
1: feel uh, for Chivisa a lot more, I think, than I did uh, when I was younger, I just, that wasn't uh, something I could relate to, mm-hmm. so, but as, as I'm older, that's something I'm able to relate to a lot better, uh, so I definitely feel for her a lot more now.
0: I mean, but it is really interesting and compelling to see that there's this complicated relationship with this family. And it's it's not, like, over-the-top dysfunctional, um, like the Incredibles touched on, and, like, I know Fantastic Four has done things um, where it's family drama. um, And I'm not saying Fantastic Four is bad, um, and I really enjoy Incredibles, but it's a more subtle uh, display of a not-perfectly... Stable, well balanced family.
1: Yeah. And especially with this family, that these are like the highest, most perfect people on the world right now.
0: Right. Um, I mean, do you see Endymion's hair and, uh, those dresses and stuff she's in? That's yeah. that's a mark of perfection right there. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, I actually do love, like, complain about animation all you want, but the scene where she's running and, like, grabbing onto her dress. Oh, Um, That was gorgeous animation right there, Uh, as far as my untrained eye can tell. Uh, Okay, so moving on to some Endemian stuff. Um, So, much as Mamoru has, we see in this episode that King Endemian spends time with Chibusa. Uh, The scene of them walking together seems like one of many, and uh, I don't think that this is the one time that he told her about her mom's glory days. Uh, It's sweet and nice, and we even see him complimenting her for doing... Uh, what she can do to save the 30th century from episode ago or so. Um, I just don't get the sense that there's enough involvement from him, perhaps, uh, and maybe even from Serenity, like we've touched on. Um, so, uh, King, Im- uh, King Indemina has faith in Shibuya Usagi's awakening uh, and knows she'll be alright, partially because of the Usagi in her, but it doesn't seem to me like he's telling her strongly enough that that's the case, and that she needs to believe in herself. Yeah,
1: see the thing, like, he is, but it's in this kind of very vague way, where he's like, you're just like your mother, and look at what she became. Like, you're just like her, and look at her. The problem is that Chibiusa isn't emotionally mature enough to kind of take that less direct affirmation, as you need to believe in yourself, you can do this she needs to
0: be told that directly and she's not getting that. But maybe he just figures, hey, a kid's 900 years old, she should get it by now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a weird thing. I uh, Anyway. Um, moving on. Uh, like, my other kind of theory about what's going on with him is, uh, did he run out of roses? Or did he decide to stop saying Believe in Yourself? Uh I don't know. I, and I wonder if I'm just being too hard on the two of them.
1: I think part of it may be that he wants Shibuya to kind of learn these things on her own. He doesn't want to just hand her all the answers, and I think that's valid. That's. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, he doesn't want to just hand her the answers, and I think that's valid, because again, she's 900 years old, and she has to learn these things, and you have to. I, I'm saying this is someone who isn't a parent to someone who is a parent. so uh, but you you need to give kids freedom to kind of make their own mistakes and then learn from them and help of course help them when you can if they need the help help them. But I think again, the problem is that she doesn't have the maturity of someone who's nine hundred years old and she needs her parents to kind of directly tell her that she can be strong and that even if she isn't, they're still going to love her because I think that's a very big fear for her. I think they're both trying, but they're not quite getting it.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Kids are hard. So, I mean, even if they've been trying for all these years and things have seemed okay, sometimes you don't realize that you're making a mistake or, or things could be done better because um, they just seem okay and everybody gets along to, well, I don't know, what's it, goes along to get along maybe it's in that kind of situation yeah. um so i don't know uh i'll give them a little grace they're cool they look good so they're trying <laughs> they definitely <really laughs> yeah, they're seem to trying. be trying no definitely yeah uh okay so um uh, this is a cool thing i i noticed um maybe like partway through watching uh maybe it was actually during the scene where um he mamaru was telling her that uh she's just like usagi was uh and uh, basically, shes th- it's a uh, like-mother-like-daughter situation, but not quite. Um, so Usagi aspires uh, to her own greatness, confident in the words of Queen Serenity, um, from all the way back in the Dark Kingdom arc, um, just as a small lady aspires to Usagi's greatness. But that can never be. Uh, as similar as they are, they are different people, and she needs to see for herself that she is worthy of the same glory because she has the ability within her to rise to challenges just like her mother did. Uh, they will be different challenges, uh, but the key to unlocking her potential will be the same, to believe in herself. The circle formed between these three is well-constructed in that it gives each autonomy and distinct identity, but serves to tell Usagi's story at the same
1: time. The Serenity line is really interesting like that. You can see the original Queen Serenity and Shibiusa as two sides of Usagi, while also seeing them both as uh, like really fully realized characters in their own right. They both have kind of full stories of their own where Serenity has the whole Silver Millennium story and Shibiusa has this whole Black Moon story in which they develop on their own. But, Seren- but Serenity also has the wisdom and the confidence and just the sheer will to protect that Usagi has in her and learns to bring out while Chibiusa has Usagi's kind of anxiety and childishness, but also this really fierce devotion to the people that she loves and wanting to do everything she can to be with them and not lose them. And we really watch uh, the Serenity line kind of grow into each other in this these kind of repeated beats of this slightly altered rep- repetitive pattern that uh, Takeuchi lays out.
0: Uh, And actually, um, that's really effective storytelling, so good on her. (laughs) Um, So, let's see. Okay, so uh, next topic is uh, bullying in the 30th century. Uh, Which, as exciting as I made it sound, it's not a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, I don't know, what does it say to you that Chibiusa is being bullied by these guys in Crystal Tokyo?
1: It's a really weird, interesting thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're seeing Serenity revered as all but a god, where and everyone knows Chibiusa is her daughter, that this is her direct heir and descendant. But Chibiusa holds no social authority the way you'd think a princess would and the way that Princess Serenity seemed to in the Silver Millennium from what glimpses we saw there. Chibiusa's been alive for 900 years, she has been a child for 900 years. How long have these bullies been around? What have their parents taught them about her? Why are they allowed so close to this single direct heir to the queen, the queen's only child? I'm re- I'm not sure what this says to me directly other than that, you know, bullies are going to exist no matter who you are and what kind of world you live in and that sucks. And that is awful. And, I mean, the fact that Chibiusa is afraid of these kids and just completely backs down from them, regardless of who she is, kind of makes me want to give Mamoru and Serenity, or Endymion and Serenity, uh, kind of a talking to about that. Uh, You gotta step it up there. I don't know if they just don't know this is happening, because I could see Chibiusa not bringing it up and hiding it, because she doesn't want to seem weak to them. But it just raises a lot of questions about the social structure of Crystal Tokyo and how Small Lady is presented to people.
0: I can't say much much to add to that, so I'll just ask my next question. Uh, What do you think it means that she's being bullied by these boys? Um...
1: I'm not, I'm also not sure about this. I'm really wary of just calling sexism and walking away, uh, kind of at least on an intentional level. I mean, there's definitely some socially pervasive metatextual sexism involved, uh, which should always be questioned in everything. Cause I mean, they're, they're clearly meant to be intimidating, but why are boys more intimidating than girls? Why is, why are these masculine figures more intimidating? Wouldn't a mixed group, if it was boys and girls, lend more towards this feeling of total so- social isolation uh, for Chibiusa. But I'm not sure if on the surface there's like a narrative statement to be made there.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if maybe... I don't know, It's <laughs> maybe it's not so much uh, like a, a sexist thing being said, but maybe like a reverse sexist thing, which maybe that's even more far afield from what it could be like guys are bad because you know it is a principally female cast throughout the show and um the few guys who are in it are all very much supporting characters and i don't know i'm sure you've heard of the thing where um like if you know 17 percent of a crowd is women uh people perceive it as being full of women yeah. and and things like that so I'm just wondering like what's going on here and I I think you're totally right if it was boys and girls together teaming up on her to pick on her that would be really scary and I've dealt with I've seen kids at play and like sometimes little girls can be like nasty and scary little girls are horrifying (laughs) so it's funny because it's just as bad there but like um is it true that in the Sailor V manga like all of her enemies are guys
1: I don't Possibly. It's been a while since I've read it. I would have to go back and look. Uh, Okay, because like... I mean, mean... again, we had... Beryl and Metallia were both female. Uh, And I know further down the line uh, we have a lot more female villains. We had the Ayakashi sisters, but we do have a lot of... A lot of the male presence in Sailor Moon is not positive. Um, This is... Slightly less so if you go back to uh, the first anime where you have a lot more room for more supporting characters because there's a lot more going on. Uh, you have mm-hmm. a much wider uh, range of episodes where we're allowed to have, like, there's Ray's grandfather and then uh, a young man that works at the shrine. Uh, there are a few recurring male characters in Ami's life uh, that come up again uh, motoki is around a lot longer than he was right. uh here in crystal so i i think um the very condensed nature of crystal and the manga kind of pushed that out a bit mm-hmm. um but i again i i don't think there's like a surface narrative statement really in it quite as much
0: yeah no you're probably right, its just it, it gave me a feeling you know, I don't know I, I, again, but, like uh,
1: on a meta textual level, I think there is just kind of socially pervasive things there that again should always be mentioned and thought about um, but I think those are kind of two thing two there's a distinction between the two that does need to kind of be made,
0: yeah. Well, uh, okay, so do you like this uh imperfect utopia that I we're do. seeing?
1: I think negative traits are always going to exist. I think there will always be bad people. That sounds pessimistic, but I think it's important for to realize that and for good people to know how to deal with it and how to kind of isolate those qualities and combat them instead of combating people in general. Um, I mean, that's clearly never easy that is a big problem right now uh, kind of the line between good and bad good pe- bad people bad qualities um, that's a gray area in the world today that we're working on dealing with but I think having these imperfect things in this world that's supposed to be perfect makes it feel more real and just because everyone is functionally immortal doesn't mean some people aren't still going to be jerks
0: Yeah, in fact, if you think about it, they might just have more time to be jerks. And it's like, well, he's only 300. He'll grow out of it, you know?
1: I think it just kind of prolongs. Everything is going to fall into the same percentages. It's just going to be a longer amount of time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, Okay, let's see. Um, Oh, yeah. I, I had to ask myself when I was making up these questions, uh, am I assuming that the world is nearly perfect and it really isn't, or is that I don't know, said without saying it directly?
1: It's easy to look at the whole and miss some of the parts. If you're looking at the whole world, it seems pretty perfect. Like, oh man, there's there's no war, there's no pollution, uh, it doesn't seem like there's any real poverty in this world. Everyone's Again, functionally immortal, everyone seems happy, but if you zoom in, you start to see the flaws, and you start to see these kids bullying the crown princess, and I mean, I think that's really just good world building, where you're Hmm. supposed to be in this utopia, and then you zoom in, and you kind of see all these little details of the world that aren't quite as perfect.
0: That's true uh and everybody has those sweet robes yeah <laughs> that's so Everyone's funny though very art nouveau uh, in their clothing yeah. oh man saggy's dress that bastard demand put on yeah. her oh, is no, amazing that's, that is a beautiful very, dress very very art nouveau
1: dress and I'm like oh I know this
0: I know where all these influences yeah. are coming from and that's the uh that's the art school nerd in me yeah I was showing uh my youngling the other day um because I want, like, trading cards for her. Because she would love that, I think. Salem yeah, trading cards.
1: oh, I should dig up. I have some of the old, like, TCG. I, sh- I should That's dig cool. those out. It was very, very short-lived, and I never even knew how to play it. But I found them. There was a <laughs> shop in Chinatown that I had frequented uh, up in New York City that I had frequented for years that went out of business, I think maybe a year or two before I start- stopped living up there uh and I just bought everything as they were going out of business and they were the lady who owned mm. it was so sweet. Uh but they had a couple packs of those and I picked them up.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I um I remember I bought Digimon cards I had nobody to play with um and I didn't learn how to play, but it was just cool to have these things it you know in your hand as representative of the show. Yeah. You oh man somewhere. I have
1: somewhere I have a very large amount of the bleach TCG cards. I don't know hmm. why I invested too much <laughs> of my life into that that turned out to be not very good.
0: <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> and at the same time, very glad that I never got caught up it, in it somehow.
1: The first, like, two or three arcs of the story are really, really good on kind of a declining slope, but it's really good. And then you hit, like, the the kind of late third into fourth arc, and it's just like you're doing the exact same thing again, except worse. Ah. And I followed it for far too long into this absolutely beautiful train wreck. just... (laughs) I am pretty sure that whole chapters were just him being like, how long can I drag this out just to mess with people?
0: (laughs) That's funny. Oh, man. Sometimes the authors get a get crazy with their audiences huh
1: I mean it it was an amazing thing to witness uh, at which point watching a filler arc of the show was better than the actual story
0: oof that
1: was a good filler arc though uh, and also catered to me and my love of sentient weaponry oh well that's cool I mean maybe that was just me but uh back to (laughs) this which is much better yeah (laughs)
0: Uh, so again the bullying why isn't Chibiusa telling her parents what's going on
1: Chibiusa's a child Uh, children do things they shouldn't and then try and cover it up I know I did that as a kid I'd break something and then pretend I didn't know about it Uh, they get caught and they learn from it and they learn not to do it again and to you know fess up to things and grow from that but Somehow, over 900 years, Chibiusa hasn't grown into emotional maturity in a lot of ways. I think she's she stopped growing, so she only sees herself as a child. She's only treated as a child, because she doesn't have any power, and so she only acts as a child. And she knows what she did is wrong, and that it's very wrong, and that as far as she can see, it might be the most wrong. And fear of The fear of losing what little kind of love and respect she gets from her parents and her one friend, I think that's kind of a natural response, is to try and hide it.
0: Yeah, you might be right. I I think the, like, I have no problem with what you said except for grasping the concept of a 900-year-old child. But then again, if you think of something like Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, which of course is completely fictitious, but still, uh, if you look at kids, the way they play, and the fact that they usually don't have a good sense of time, it's very possible that if she were to stay in the right frame of mind that she could just keep on being a kid forever. Like The
1: thing is, Shibisa doesn't have a social life. She's not interacting with other people who are maturing.
0: Yeah, and I almost wonder if that contributes to Endymion and Serenity's, like, lack of growth in parenting, because, well, they've been stuck with a six- or eight-year-old for, who knows, um, for, like, you know, 894 years, yeah, you know?
1: so, I'm, I mean, I think there's just, something has happened where Chibiusa just can't grasp how growing up works, and she kind of can't, make herself into what she thinks maturity is.
0: Hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see in the next episode, because it looks like she gets a chance to try oh, it on for a little yes. bit, and Things. I, I have a feeling it's going to be scary. Things are definitely coming. Okay. Um all right uh let's see our uh second to the last topic here is uh the illusion of power um and uh I, I think it's something well represented in this uh this episode actually in just like one short scene uh okay so uh prince damant- uh has the power you know magic malefic black crystal power to uh control at least uh affect Usagi's body um but even after he has conquered her with a kiss which. Well, I'll let you talk about that, because that was crazy, and I know you've probably thought about it a lot, so... Um, anyway, after he did that, and then left her to sulk in her inescapable prison, he still can't defeat her. Usagi's sadness and introspection are the keys to unlocking the power of her heart. Uh, freed of responsibility and given time to think, she realigns herself and forms the resolve to keep fighting. What um, does this say to you about the nature... Or, uh, i uh, sorry. <clears throat> what does this say to you about the nature of power and strength? I'm
1: going to go into the kiss first, which is deviating from what I've written a little but I mean, um, that Please was do. awful. It's weird.
0: Disturbing. Yes, it was. uh,
1: she was. I wanted her to do more than just push him. I kind of wanted a gut punch. Um, because man demand is. Awful. It's weird though, in that Mamoru kept kissing Usagi against her will all through Dark Kingdom. Um, and it was presented in a very different light. Uh, that's, that's a thing that I thought about while watching that scene, is he and I mean, I guess with Mamoru, he never restrained her and all, pretty much forced himself onto her. Um, but I mean, it it definitely brings into question how they're reading the idea of consent, because um, he mostly kissed her while she was asleep, which is not any less gross. Uh, so that that's just a thing that I've been thinking about since watching it that I thought would be good to bring up. Um, But man, just, the fact that he literally just takes all of her autonomy away and is just you move as I want you to move, you basically be as I want you to be. Uh, Man, that is awful. Um, But I mean, this, this scene does show a lot of how far Usagi has come. She's in pain. Uh, by her, after Damon leaves, she's by herself just crying out for someone to tell her what to do. She's always had someone to guide her since this started. She's always had Luna, she's had Venus and the others, she's had Mamoru, and for the first time we're seeing Usagi completely and truly alone. And when she gets no response to her her call for answers because she knows she can't get one. There's no one else there. She answers it herself. No one's going to break her out. She has to do it. And I think these are the first steps of Usagi becoming the serenity that we know is coming, that is going to come out of her. And strong people can be scared. Strong people can be vulnerable and they will cry and they will break and their strength comes from being able to stop, just step back a moment and then go forward kind of in spite of and alongside of whatever fear and vulnerability they have.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I thought that was... um very well displayed all of what you said and it's like such a powerful moment and I like that it comes like I don't like what happened I just like uh, like how she overcomes it and I thought like this idiot uh, just pretty much gave her the tools that she needs to recover and uh, blow him away
1: yeah like so. all all of the flag- he raised all of his own defeat flags uh, to use some Akiva Ranger <laughs> terminology Uh, crossing the shows again but uh yeah no it's he does that and it's like you know that this is where she's going to be like no that's it this is the final straw and seeing her kind of break down first and then realize like no one's gonna give me the answers i have the answers and i think that was a really great strong moment for usagi
0: yeah, you know, what? touching lightly back on the consent thing, I felt a little confused about that moment where, at, right after he left, um, she had her hand to her mouth and she says, Mom, someone else kissed me," and you know, she sheds a tear, and it's totally understandable. And there's a, a similar moment in a in a manga, King of Cards, which it's out of print. I have okay.
1: uh, several volumes of that. I'm missing, I think, many key volumes of that, but, uh, I, if anyone can find it, I would definitely recommend picking it up. I've enjoyed what I've read of it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately it's out of print, but, um, you know, if you have to, you can find it somewhere else, but I'm sure there's copies that you can find online. Cause I, I bought them after, um, DC closed down CMX and, uh, they were online, so you can definitely get them. Um, it was just kind of slow. Like, unfortunately, I, I think I had, like, 1 through 3, and then I had, like, 5 and 7. Uh, yeah, no, that,
1: like, that's kind of my case. I think I have, like, 2 and 3, and then, like, 5, 6, and
0: 8. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sucks. And it's only 9, so it's like, how hard can it be to find 9 Tonkamon, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, but it is. <laughs> it really is. Uh, But there's a very similar scene in that, and, um this girl gets kissed, you know, Manami, she gets kissed, and uh, she says, like, no, she she is in tears, and the guy who kissed her is like, what's the big deal? And um, she just stands up to him in this really powerful way, and it reminded me so much of that scene, and I was so thankful to see that, because I think, um, like, <laughs> when I was sorting through getting rid of manga a few years back, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna hold on to this one, because I think uh, since I have a daughter, I need to share this with her. If she likes it, she should read this, and I think it's a real good message for her to have that, like, you know, you're the boss of your own body, and uh, you get to set the limits, the rules, the stakes, and, um, like, I feel like this moment really affirms that nicely, and um, it's not like Mamoru was accusing her, or I don't think she felt insecure about that, like, she'd betrayed him, it was just like... Something that I only wanted to share with you has been yeah, taken. And like, or... that,
1: that is very much uh, a cultural thing in that context, where she did, for a moment, kind of feel like she had betrayed them and then realized, no, this isn't my fault. I didn't do that. Where she kind of real—she thinks for a minute that maybe she has and then realizes, no, no, I haven't. I didn't want that. And I yeah. think that's a really, really important message to send.
0: Oh, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So I'm getting, uh, you know, emotional. Yes. So let's move on <laughs> to this last part. Uh, Phantom Pain. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, setting up your own defeat. Um, uh, Usagi kind of does this to herself to some extent. Um, so uh, the insane ruler Phantom, who popped up a couple centuries ago. Um, is probably Wise Man, right? I think um, it, that's yeah, what it seems I, like.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure that much is clear. Uh, Phantom is Wise okay. Man.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, I think Endymion has, uh, you know, he pretty much makes a connection for us. Um, does this feel uh, like too much of a repeat to you that the daughter is dealing with the repercussions of the mother's mistake or failing again? Um, Queen Serenity didn't fully seal Queen Metallia, and Dusagi had to deal with it centuries later. Now Chibu is stuck in a terrible situation because. Neo-Queen Serenity banished Phantom to Nemesis centuries ago, and he bided his time and struck back with uh, Black Moon. Does this um, work for you, or is it too derivative? I don't
1: think it's too derivative. Uh, it's another example of what I mentioned with uh, her setting up this kind, these beats of altered repetition, where she's kind of taking this same very base concept and then working with it in a very, very different way. And the repetition kind of connects it to the story that's already happened, and we get to see people that we know and that have dealt with this situation, what they've learned from it and how they choose to do it in the future and how they choose to handle things. But the alteration makes it a new story, keeps it very interesting, lets us learn about new characters and how they might deal with the situation. So I don't really think it's, it's derivative, uh, at all. Uh, I mean, you know what they say, there's only seven stories in the world. Uh, I think there might be a few more than that, but um I, 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 the, the idea of limiting things to a certain amount is, is a thing that bothers me, but I think really with this it's very much setting up a specific, uh, kind of setting up specific narrative beats, uh, and cycles within the story that I think are important.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a point well taken. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like it's novel enough, especially because we had the stakes raised immediately, and maybe in the uh, in the original um, anime, maybe it could have felt more dragged out. Of course, I didn't experience it, but I'm wondering if because it took longer for the um, for the other Sailor Guardians to be taken out of the picture, uh, if it would have been less impactful, like you know, Ray got abducted and then Ami got abducted and then it was like oh yeah. no who you know who's next and it's definitely going to happen I don't
1: think they actually went with uh them getting abducted in the original story I think they they may have been like put out of power for an episode but then came mm. back uh it, this arc was handled a bit differently and I think with that you also had arcs between uh Dark Kingdom and Black Moon where you had slightly different stories coming up so it's really not a connection that I made until this. Uh, that that was something okay. that was happening.
0: I guess that's an advantage of the uh, Much the short pace of the manga. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, I do, circling back to our repeated mentions on this show of Kamen Rider Wizard, I'm wondering if oh, yes. the whole uh, Phantom and *Wiseman* Man thing is another connection that Wizard may have picked up from Sailor Moon. Because watching Wizard, I'm And all these having Wise Man brought up, I'm like, oh, I remember you. Like this feels Mm. very much like Wise Man from Sailor Moon. You know, hanging out behind, being this shadowy figure, hanging out, manipulating these other people to use their minions to go do this like secret thing where I tell them they have one agenda, but I have my own agenda, Mm. and my name is Wise Man. (laughs)
0: That's funny. Yeah, that uh that didn't click with me at all, so thank you for pointing that out.
1: It's I I really need to look into like staff on on both of these things because again, uh on an animation level, Sailor Moon has always been a Toei property. Right. So I need to actually like invest some time into looking at that.
0: I would uh, I would welcome the input, so you can throw that here or wherever you want. Uh,
1: it'll come up somewhere uh, eventually on one of the related shows.
0: Right. Um, okay, so uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I enjoyed this discussion. I thought it was pretty yeah. good. Uh, Pat, Pat. Yes,
1: uh, very good deviating uh, from our format since this episode kind of deviated from kind of the narrative beats that the show has been following. Uh, this was very exposition, so we did a lot of, uh, expositive thinking.
0: Yeah. Oh, one last thing. What was your favorite line, or best line in the episode? Okay,
1: uh, for me, it was definitely the whole, uh, abracadabra thing with Sailor Pluto. Pluto was really cute in this episode. Uh, we saw a lot of her being kind of silly and funny, and seeing that she's mastered these weird little illusions. That have absolutely no other ties to her normal powers, just kind of to amuse herself in her infinite time guarding this door, was really sweet. And just kind of the way, even when she didn't think Chibiusa was there, she stood up for Chibiusa and has kind of done all these things to try and help her. I thought was really precious.
0: That is really cute. I wonder if, um, like, she's outside of time and therefore doesn't age, or if she um, is living off of the. Power of the legendary silver crystal, or just being the daughter of a deity, she's got immortality. Uh, I, th- that would I make think it's sense.
1: much more that uh, she's Kronos' daughter and is living completely outside of time.
0: Although, isn't, is not Kronos technically a, a titan? Mm. I don't remember that. No, now.
1: No, no, Kronos was Zeus' father.
0: Yeah, but I thought. No,
1: he created the titan. No, was he?
0: Yeah, I think Kronos and Gaia and one other were like one of a few Titans and then yeah. Oh man. But
1: I feel like they also like created a bunch of Titans.
0: Yeah, but I think also the first, like the primary the the primary, like Tier One gods are all children of the Titans, and then Maybe. they like revolted against them.
1: Yeah, well
0: and Yeah, boxed no, them up. Zeus
1: definitely revolted against the Titans. Okay, yeah, no, Chronos was a Titan. Um we're we're getting into some Weird <laughs> mythology
0: that may not actually apply to this show. Um, yeah, maybe not. I'm sure, uh, did you know? Okay, never mind now. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, I I am so, like, perplexed by the way Aphrodite came about. Yeah! Like, what's up with that? He, so, for people who don't know, let's just divert into that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Zeus takes a scythe, basically, and chops off one of Kronos' testicles, is that right? And it falls into the sea, and then foam happens, and then the painting, yeah. uh, The Birth of Venus, where she's coming out of the seashell and the sea foam, uh, that's basically pretty much how the rest yeah, of it goes, right?
1: I think so. Greek mythology <laughs> is a weird, weird thing that everyone should take some time to read as much of as they can. It is bizarre and hysterical and fantastic.
0: <laughs> it really is. Uh, okay, so so I just I I had to go there, it's irresistible. Anyway, um, yeah, man, now I'm thinking. Okay, I got to stop because then I'll get on a on a tangent, a Greek mythology chan- tangent we don't need. Uh so then my favorite line, with strangely enough, was um, our planet, the Earth, was infected with illusions of long life and infinite power, became slothful. We didn't like that, and that's from Prince Demond, and it's like so. You don't like renewable energy, and you don't like uh, free healthcare.
1: (laughs) Yes, not. I mean, I mean, there's definitely the the kind of angle of this goes against the natural order of you know you're born, you live, you die. Um, He there's the idea there's the concept of bringing in if people don't die, what about overpopulation?
0: Um, yeah, if, if, I don't know about that, because look at, look at the king and queen. They only had one yeah. kid. But that's, I mean, like, that's sub-replacement if, birth if rate. If
1: someone has a kid, and they have a kid, and then they have a kid, even if you're only keeping it to, like, one kid, a family, eventually, if no one's dying, uh, that's going to become a problem.
0: Uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. I, but, like, like,
1: it's, it's a very weird thing. Um, again, these are definitely bad guys. Decide. Okay, well, we we don't like this thing that we think is problematic. Let's kill everyone.
0: <laughs> that is, oh wait, that's not the solution. That is
1: a bad way to go about things.
0: Huh, After Keep that in mind.
1: But uh, like I, I think there's kind of some logic behind their initial ideas, and then they went in a very bad direction with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could say that again. Oh, man, that's really funny. I was thinking, though, like, couldn't they just move to other planets? But maybe those other planets are occupied and they don't want to do that. Who knows? But yeah, there are, there are anyway, a lot that's, of that's, that's occupied planets in the, uh, in the Sailor Moon universe. There are more than nine of them. Well, I mean, everyone's... Everyone's living so long. But, you no, know, seriously, going back to the source material, and I'd like to double-check the manga that I don't have with me... Uh, and Demian says that the lifespan of a Silver Millennium person is about a thousand years. So, like, doesn't that mean they'll die at, at around a thousand? I
1: guess. Maybe, but then, so, you know, Chibs is 900 years old.
0: That's true. And, I mean,
1: I guess that she may be some exception with the, the, uh, the Silver Millennium lineage. Um, there's hmm. a lot of complicated holes in that, that raise a
0: lot of interesting questions and i guess though you could see if it's only been about a thousand years that um because it's the 30th century so it could be 900 years away approximately you know 904 or three since they since usagi became you know moon princess um So, like, it's, and she was crowned at 22, so she's 14 now, so eight years later, she, which I'm sure is because Takuchi was writing in, like, 93, right? So she needed it to be in 2001, so it could be a thousand years later, approximately.
1: Yeah, so I think she just kind of purposely fudged some numbers there. Which is a totally legitimate thing to do when you're writing. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, as long as the the point that you get to is cool because of it, you know? Yeah, as long as it sounds good. So, so, like... But I'm saying, if everybody dies, if the lifespan is a thousand years, let's say, then these Black Moon people, like, they just gotta wait it out a little while longer, yeah. you know? They don't have to be killing people because they're apparently mass murderers. Yeah, so,
1: like I said, uh, him <sighs> is a really bad way to go about this.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Oh well. Don't be a Black Moon yeah, person. Yeah, don't
1: be Demon ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, particularly don't him. Do Anything that guy does ah uh, okay although I gotta say I really enjoy his character design especially like the way his cape is clasped onto his uh shirt or yes. coat or whatever that is that's like that's unique I've never really seen it done like that before and it looks really cool and I thought for a split second I wonder if I could no no I can't I'm not gonna wear a cape <laughs> all right well I think um we're deviating so we should yeah, get going
1: uh, that's definitely covering pretty much everything that went on this week. Uh so I guess we'll see everyone next time. Uh definitely drop us drop us some comments. Uh you can hit us up on Twitter. Let us know let us know where you're going with this. I'm interested. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah, I, I'm definitely I'm I'm all in. Um once again, I don't know what some people are talking about. Um <laughs> But uh, one last thing, uh, got to give some appreciation for the Love and Justice pro- podcast who uh, turned me on to the uh, Sailor V game on my phone. Um, there's this Sailor V game, you can search for it and I guess, I think it's in both Apple and, and Android app stores. And uh, it's a Dash game where it's basically like the Sailor V arcade game oh, that they have in Crystal. I
1: use more games to play. And, I've, I've gotten very into Power Rangers Dash uh, recently. Oh. So I can use another uh, Fun Runner.
0: It's really I'll cool. Like I've uh, I've spent a lot of time on it. So. <laughs> like, if I need to stay up late at night because my kids are getting put to bed or whatever and I want to if we're going to have coffee or talk or watch TV or something and I don't want to fall asleep I just turn that on and I'm good to go for like Ten minutes or so while I'm playing, yeah. you know, again and again and again. Yeah, no, so Dash has it's gotten, gotten me cool. through
1: uh, some very slow hours at work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was well. Never mind. I shouldn't say that. It's, it's uh, not my fault anyway. that
1: sometimes I run out of things to do. It's not my fault that I'm too no. good at my job.
0: And in fact, you should be given a promotion. I
1: should, but I can't be.
0: <laughs> uh, did don't you just love work?
1: Ah, uh, good times.
0: Yeah. All right, and with that we'll bid you all adieu. Um thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, see you all next time. Whenever.